I got the big question for you. Sir. They, they say everyone remembers their first kiss. They remember <laughs> their first maybe like big, big screen movie experience, you know, seeing something that they truly love. And they also say, Gareth, that you always remember your first mosh pit. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Where was yours, my friend? First Where mosh were you? Pit? The first mosh pit where you're either thrown up top or like you're, you're pushed around because like we were in the same middle school slash high school. Yeah. And uh, I know that I know the kind of music that you listen to. You, <laughs> you got thrown around a little bit. I got buddy. thrown around a little, yeah. little bumps and bruises here and there. A couple cuts, mm-hmm. a couple scrapes. Where, where'd it go down? Uh, I'm trying to think my first mosh pit. I think my first mosh pit was at a concert. You would definitely not expect a mosh pit at. Um, and I, I believe I, I will have to, double check this but i think it was manchester orchestra which which is not manchester which orchestra is, which is not like a metal a no. metal band they i mean they've got some up-tempo songs but um basically any any show you went and saw at the masquerade in atlanta just uh ended yeah you're up just being, gonna get like, you, you're up. just gonna get thrown it like they're there you have some punk show up at, like i don't i don't mean punks in the pejorative i mean literal punks um just showing up and they're just gonna start you know they're gonna form a circle they're gonna form a little circle pit they're gonna lock yeah. arms and they're gonna push you in and they're gonna say hey man you're not getting out they you, were really there dance. for the exercise yeah. like it was a lot of resistance training because you had some big boys <laughs> bouncing around in that pit and you know if you're gonna you got some you know it's sort of like complex isometrics that they're they're doing with that one <laughs> mine was right. also at the uh masquerade at the masquerade I think it was a it was a chiodos concert Chiodos, nice call back. Chiodos or a haste the day. For those of you who don't know, we're we're lame. We're 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 very lame, (laughs) and uh, we grew up in a very lame time. But that was the past. This is now. Hello, and welcome to Roll and Move, the Internet's podcast, where we take a look at some of the uh, some of the weirder, maybe uh, maybe more off off kilter board games, card games that are out there, and we break them down to you, explore why they work, and why they matter, and why we should be talking about them in the first place. I'm your first co-host, one of the creators of Rough Draft Games, Thomas Youngerberg, and with me here as always is... Uh, Mr. Garrett Lively. Well, Mr. Garrett Lively, we're talking about mosh pits, we're talking about music. Well, why are, why are we talking about such things that would cause us to reminisce about times where you're getting punched in the face while listening to the format? Well, well let me tell you, I, I think that also <laughs> happened. Let me tell you, I was... I was Again, being lame, things haven't changed in the past twelve years. I was browsing my local half-price bookstore in the in the dusty, cobweb-filled board game section where I, where I found these beautiful jewels. And they have this little shelf, Tom. They got this. It's it's basically they just throw their dice in there and they throw mm-hmm. like Pokemon cards in there. And <clears throat> excuse me, um, they throw I don't know, just like. It's just, it's this, it's just like trinkets. It's, it's little things, you know, it's, it's stuff. If, if you got that drawer in your house, you just open it up and you, you know, you know, what's in there. You yeah. Know, it's you, got like a, it's got one of those brushes that all the little rubber ends have come <laughs> off the needles, like scratches your scalp, but you don't want to throw it away because it's still got half of them. Yeah. So you're like, I'm going to use this brush when I hate myself or I'm going to give it, maybe I'll get a dog in the future and I'll use it. And that goes in that drawer. Yeah, so I'm I'm on the same page. 100%. Exactly, exactly. So I'm 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 digging through there. I just know I got to find some gold in there, and and I find a couple of things. I I found an um, a RPG zine, which which hopefully I'm I'm going to try and get on the show at a later date, and 
again, a bunch of Pokemon cards, uh, Digimon cards, some old Yu-Gi-Oh cards. You know, were they all, all, all energies? In were they all Pokemon energies? Too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like uh, yeah, the figures, yeah, potions and and energies, and Pokeballs. Not even great balls at this point. Um, and then I come across this this interesting interesting little pack. It's a it's a tiny pack of cards, and it's called the Lords of Rock Mosh Pit. So, anyways, this game was next in our lineup, and um, you know, very serendipitously, I, I don't know if that denotes any positive vibes because it certainly isn't. Jr. has come up in the news recently um, for some some you know pretty mm-hmm. pretty dark stuff, pretty bad stuff. He's right. Yeah, um, we have some allegations of uh, sexual assault, and unfortunately, we didn't have a ton of time to um, you know change change gears here. Um, but but basically, right. there there's a lot of stuff. So we are not endorsing. We're not um, yeah really commenting we're not, on. We're that. not even going to be commenting on. It's probably not going to work itself into the review. But we want if it felt right to acknowledge it and know yeah. that there there is some controversy around this designer. Mm-hmm. So we're probably not going to go as heavily into the designer and uh, what's going on at their life as we've done, for example, with the last episode where we really did a deep dive on the designer. Sure. We're going to be a little bit more hands off, uh, understandably so on that aspect of it. We're not going to touch that. Um, we're going to look at the game here today and, right. and just talk about the Lords of Rock mosh pit. So is the Lords of Rock mosh pit part of a, this is a party game version of it. When I put this into board game geek, I noticed that, there were other Lords of Rock mm-hmm. game. Is this some some sort of a uh, like brand or a uh, yeah? So uh, like so the Lords of Rock ahead. was a was a Kickstarter endeavor, and I, I believe this was a stretch goal that got unlocked, or or maybe a Kickstarter exclusive, it, one of the two. And basically, this is a <laughs> this is so you know you know how in games they say uh, for for example the game Azul. It's a it's a game about Portuguese tile laying, and it says the player that first went to or last went to Portugal is going to be the first player or the player whose birthday is next is going to be the the first player or the player wearing the most colorful outfit is the going to be the first player. Thomas, uh, I would like to tell you that the Lords of Rock mosh pit is the first player mechanic of the Lords of Rock game that came out from Kickstarter, which is a completely different game. It has nothing to do with this whatsoever. Um, Hmm. So this, this is a little micro game that came out just as a, a, it's a first player mechanism to decide who's going to be the first player. And it's completely separate game that has nothing to do with this. Wait, are you serious? hundred percent serious. This micro game that took, this thing could go on for a very long time just yeah. because of the mechanics yeah. that it is like for a micro game, there are several rules and mm-hmm. the, the, the way that the game is played that would. Yep. Yep. And, and, and that game, I, I'm I, I haven't put, we haven't played the Lords of rock. Um, it came out in 2016, but that game has a 20 to 45 minute playtime. <laughs> so like you're, you're spending about if you wanted to do it this way, and, and I'm sure this is optional and it, it, it is a standalone game, I will say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you if you did both it, you know, you're 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 spending at least half of your time deciding who's going to be the first player in a completely separate game that, you know, in general, the first player is an arbitrary position or, right. or at least, you know, very minute. Uh, differences and in, in the percentages of of wins for for a well balanced game at least so so yes this game came out as a as a mechanism to select who played first in the Lords of Rock that's that's wild yeah. I I had no idea that there were like competitions usually in like pandemic it's like you know the last person who was sick or <laughs> in yeah. Terror in Meeple City it's like whoever can do the best impersonation of a monster right I yeah. like that there is an that that is that is a heck of a 
a heck of a microtransaction to <laughs> get people to play the German who's first player. But yeah. that's, okay, very interesting. So are we seeing some of the same art assets used here? Because I'm going through some of the images for the Lords of Rock. I think we at least have some unique art that is. It is. It, it is. It is definitely the same artist. Um, I'm not sure if they use the same assets or not. And I, I think they probably did on a couple of the cards. Uh, some of the cards are like uh, detailing a certain fan group, and it, it looks like the like it's got a Trojan on there, and I, I have no idea where the Trojan comes into effect anywhere else mm -hmm. in the game. So, anyways, right. yeah, I, I think they do have some assets, but I, I can't say for sure. It, it is certainly the same artist. Okay. All right, uh, very, very interesting. So, I mean, this is a this is a micro game, and we can tell mm -hmm. that the the art I will say looks it looks pretty nice. Mm -hmm. It's well done. Uh, the theming of the game is around all the different types of gods. There's the ancient Egyptian gods, the Norse gods, the uh, Roman Greek. gods, and the, the Greek gods and the elder gods. Uh, that like we're talking like mm -hmm. Cthulhu, the uh, those the. the gods of that sort yeah and all sort of in the same art style all with their own different rules but before we go into that i guess i normally would say garrett what's in the box but i think i'm gonna have to say what's in the pack what's in the what's pack in the pack yeah what's in the pack it's, it's just a it's a tiny little pack of cards smaller than a uh, carton of cigarettes probably a, a third of the size uh and and it's just i i think it's a Nine card grid, and then you have a, a tenth card that's the stage, and then six little player tokens, and a uh, a quad quad fold <clears throat> sheet of paper for the rules. Awesome. So, what what is what's the object of the game, and how does the game look? The object of the game is you are trying to get your symbol. Uh, so, like the gods that you just noted, you're trying to get uh, your your clan to the front and center of the concert. So either you represent the Egyptian gods, the Roman gods, the Greek gods, all the whole list that I did before, mm -hmm. you get a symbol of the, and no one knows what your symbol is, right? It's sort right. of like a low key right. thing. Yeah. You're keeping that pretty hidden close identity, to the chest. almost. Almost, yeah. Almost. <laughs> so you create a uh, three by three grid for nine cards that mm -hmm. are laid out on the table, and then at the very top of the column, you got yourself a uh, a little indicator for the stage, and the goal, of course, is to do what here. Get front. And, you got to push your way up to the front. You got to fight through the uh, the punks holding the circle pit. You got to get That's in. Right. You got to get in. Get your get your. So you you got to you know you got to if they throw the drumsticks out you got to catch them. If they uh, right. if they if you can see the set list and maybe rip it off so the so the guitarist doesn't know what song <laughs> is next you got to get there. So did you ever do that, Gare? Did you ever do that? I have uh, I, I have my fair share of set lists, um, and I think I still have them. So yes, yes, I'm guilty. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Such a loser. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, so basically, the way the game works is those nine cards that you mentioned that uh, deal out or that are dealt out to make the crowd are all face down. And so basically, on your turn, you do two actions, and every time you can choose a card that is face down, and you can look at it, and then after that, you can choose a card that is face down and flip it over. And once you flip it over, you just follow the instructions on the card. And basically, right. those instructions will say, like, move a card from here to here, switch cards, swap cards, uh, move take the stage. Yeah. yeah, move the stage, uh, shuffle cards, and then redeal them, uh, flip a card that's already face up, and put it face down again. So things like that. So basically, you're just, it's like a, it's a game of memory where all the pieces are moving. And it's, it's like a combination of the memory game and also the hat game. Um, that they do at the baseball park on the big screen, and then also you trying to put your piece exactly where you want it. So I guess musical chairs. So, right. so, so that is the that is the concept of the game. 
And there's a lot of so, so your symbols are on the cards themselves, right? So right, yeah. One of the cards that you flip over, it's going to be the Norse gods. The Norse gods has a special ability, being one of the things that Garrett just said, where it's like, oh, move the stage uh, to the right or to the left of its current location, mm-hmm. and you might be able to move it in front of the Norse guard card, Norse god card that you just flipped over, and. The since the object of the game is to be as close to the stage as possible, that would be good for you. And if you have the little Norse god symbol and they're they're your team, then that's all the better. Uh, But as you play the game, you sort of find out that you're going to be using the same cards again and again and again because it's a lot easier to flip over certain cards and reuse certain cards right. while other cards, you use them once and they're out. Yet they, are, they happen to be in a row mm-hmm. where there are no other cards that would allow you to reshuffle that row or that column and they are just totally out. So you're going to find yourself using the same abilities again and again and again because there's not a lot of cards that allow you to reintroduce cards to the yeah. game. Yeah. Um so yeah, that that's the the basic premise of the game, and I I, th- I think I agree with that. Where there are, I guess, three cards I think that are neutral, that are mm-hmm. not they're not associated with any of the gods, and those are the cards I think that you mentioned that basically flip cards back over and shuffle them and and kind of take the add the add the element of random to it and take out the skill. Um, that I I, th- I think was a complaint of yours, where you're you're not right. you're not feeling like you can plan ahead. It's almost all. It's it's almost like it's one step forward, one step back. Because one of the mm. problems that I had is that well, there was a couple of problems. One, we're playing through a webcam, and it's very difficult to get the <laughs> right. webcam to focus on the card text. Sure. Uh, and the other being that when you're selecting a card to try and put into play, uh most of the card effects that would allow you to reuse or reshuffle some of the cards that have already been laid down, normally they'd be out of the game, but if you play a card that says, hey, grab every card in this column, so three of the cards, mm-hmm. and then shuffle them up, replay them, and then flip one of them over, right? Right. So you're you're playing something, the order always goes as follows. Do a strategic option and then <laughs> introduce an element of randomness right. to to undo or add chaos to your your strategic option that you just tried to do. Your, yep, your little exactly. strategy that you tried to do. We're going to you go ahead and you try and implement that. And then immediately before you can truly be done with your turn, you got to shuffle it. It's got to be totally random. There was a there was a point in the game that I was playing with you, Garrett, where I was like, OK, I'm going to shuffle these three cards and. I got to hope that my Cthulhu is going to wind up in front of the stage uh, because I was the Elder God team. And shuffled them up, and your card got laid right back down in front of the uh, in front of the thing. <laughs> and it was, like, it was like a perfectly set up play. I had the cards. I had everything that I needed in order to try and get it right, but I was still subject and victim to the element of... Uh, element of R random yeah, yeah. RNG man. So, so are you, are you familiar with the uh, the terms input randomness and output randomness as they p- pertain to to board gaming? No, I'm actually not. So, to so, so yeah, a lot of people like their randomness or they don't like their randomness for one way or another, and uh, so they, they've kind of broken them down into to two different categories. So you have your input randomness, which is basically you're given random inputs and you get to decide what to do with them. Um, think, for example, of maybe. Uh, literally every card game right the randomness has to be you draw a card for go fish 
it was a random draw, but now you get to choose definitely the goal of that card, right? Right. Thinking like old school Yu-Gi-Oh, you randomly draw the Dark Magician, but you get to decide when to play it. It has a definite effect, and it has a definite purpose. There you go. And then you have output randomness where you decide what you're going to do, and then you let the random... Like uh, for a lot of fighting games, you say, all right, I'm going to attack you. D&D is a great example. I'm going to attack you, and then you roll, and you just figure out what what happens after that. So the randomness mm-hmm. comes after you make the decision um, as opposed to before. So, so this is a, this is, and, you know, obviously games can meld them. And so you can have a little bit of each and, you know, varying, varying degrees of both of those things. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and I think you made a really very good point earlier when you said one step forward, one step back. I think it's like that at the beginning of the game where it's one step forward, one step back near the end where you have many cards uncovered and then you re. You know, like return over or put cards back face down that were already uncovered. It's more like one step forward and then two or three steps back because, because you flip over one card and then you flip three cards back down. So right. um, there, I, I, I think there's certainly, you know, it's unlikely and, you know, <clears throat> pretty close to mathematically impossible, but there, there, there's certainly a loop that you could get into where you're infinitely just flipping the same cards and then flipping them back down and then flipping them up and then flipping them back down. Yeah. Um, we use, we, we reuse the same card yeah. like maybe oh, yeah, three for sure. or four times in the same game. The mm-hmm. one that allows you to gather up the whole column, shuffle it up, lay them down for right. over one. Right. Yeah. We use that exactly. multiple times. Exactly. So, so yeah, there, there's certainly some frustrations with that where you're just like, all right, I like, you're just like, I just want the game to end, you know, at this point, you know, right. I, none of these cards left will move. It's supposed to mine. be a micro game. Exactly. It's supposed to be short. Mm-hmm. And now that I understand it's supposed to be so short that it determines first player of another game. <laughs> Like, regardless of the fact that it's a standalone game, because they're making that claim, they now have to live with those responsibilities. Yeah. You have to have a game that can be played within five minutes. And this game probably took around 20, 25. Yeah. Yeah. It took, like it took us, us a while just going back and forth. And, you know, some, some of that, I, 100% honesty, some of that was trying to get the camera to focus, uh, ex, you know, explaining things over webcam. So, you know, maybe we could get it down to, if we were playing perfectly, 15, you know. Right, but still not five to ten, which is no. which is what you want for that. Imagine if other people are playing too. Oh like, yeah, I'm not sure if that's going to speed things up or slow things. Yeah, down. so it's, so this this is supposed to be for two to six players. Um, six. Yeah, it's rated oh as best God. with two. Yeah, six would be really weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they say it's best with two. Yeah, best with two. How many? Here's a good question. How many people uh, is it? Is the other game best with? The other game, The Lords of Rock, is for two to five players, which is also humorous, and it says best with four. So, <laughs> so you have a best with four game. So you, they're encouraging you to play with four people, but when you're well, trying to decide for first player, play with two. Well, to be fair on that point, that is as voted by the board game geek community the the best okay. thing. So, but but to their discredit, the the game that selects who the first player is for is for two to six players and then the actual game is for two to five so so it's like maybe you can eliminate one player altogether from the from the first oh my game gosh. <laughs> pretty funny but yeah no you're 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 right so yeah i i i would not like to see this with six players i i, I think you have you could have the varying extremes of where you only take one turn and that's it mm-hmm. and you know who knows what happens or you could you could still have, you know, six, seven, eight turns of just like pointless, yeah. pointless things. Because once you take your turn, the board's going to be completely different once it gets back around to you. And there's nothing right. you could have done about it. Sort of a philosophical question for you. Uh, what is the difference between a micro game and a party game? Because this sort of goes into party game territory where it's like, yeah, as far as time limits go. Sure. 
Sure. Uh, so micro games, I, I, th- I think they have specific limitations on the amount of cards that they can use. I, I think the nano game is nine cards or less. Uh, there's that. So you're saying there's actual card like card limits mm-hmm. for these things, like right. card caps for the different categories. Right. 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 And who and, decides on this? Well, I, I think it's arbitrary. You know, it's like what is, you know, mm-hmm. shoegaze versus stargaze, or you know, whatever the difference is. But like, I, I you know, I, I think in general, um, Love Letter really kicked this off. Uh, I think 20, I, I can't remember when Love Letter came out, around the same time. This game came out in 2016. Um, and it really, a, a lot of a lot of board game designers thought this was going to be the new trend. Like the game that you could fit in your pocket and just pull out at lunch right. and play in five, ten minutes. Um, and, and then and they realized uh, all those people got made fun of. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I have, I actually have two versions of Love Letter. Love Letter came out in 2012, by the way. Okay. Um. I have two versions of Love Letter. It's yeah. a micro game. Mm-hmm. I think I've never, I've never brought it with me to like, hey man, we're waiting in line for a movie. Let me play Love Letter. I've, <laughs> have you ever been in a situation with like, I, I've, like I've, how- I've pulled it out at the airport and that was the only time, and it was because I had received it in San Francisco as a wedding gift from uh, one Jeff Lee, and right, and then I pulled it out at the airport on our way home. Um, I, yeah, I've played it here at home, but yeah, I, you're right. I, I don't take it out with me in public and, and just like, yeah, you, you want to go catch a movie? Yeah. Uh, well, we got 15 minutes. Uh, you just want to knock this out real quick here in front so of the gonna movie look at you. theater? It's going to be like risque. They're going to be like here <laughs> at the movie theater. Yeah. yeah you just want to play love letter real quick. Yeah. But no, I like I, a ton of uh, publishers really thought this was going to be the next trend. And um, I remember one of my favorite podcasts, Ludology. They, I mean, I remember they have their, your, year review or year preview show every year and they kept saying you know like i i really think this is the year that the nano game's gonna gonna explode and, <laughs> and, and, a, and a lot of publishers were like yeah i mean i, I think it is. a ton came out but it they just nothing really caught on like love letter um right so. did love letter even catch on i mean oh, yeah. there was a lot love it's very popular yeah yeah love letter. well as, as far as its intended purpose probably not i mean that, like i said like you said there's not people hanging out in front of the ice cream shop, you know, blocking the doorway, playing love letter. Um, I just want to see like a family like trying to fill up a tank of gas yeah. and then they bust I, out I, love letter. I think the purpose is more just like those quick games in between games. Like, and, and that's what I use it for. You know, if you have people over for game night and especially with games where there's player elimination, you're just, mm-hmm. Hey Tom, we're both out. You want to play uh <laughs> you want to play the Lords of rock and see who can get to the front of the stage, punch each other. Or do you yeah. just want to you just want to play rock paper scissors? Or do you just want to watch YouTube yeah. videos? You know, sort of like a waiting game. Like you know those video those for a while they would do this in uh, PlayStation games. Uh, they would have like little <laughs> mini yeah. mini games that you could play during the loading screens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they did that in like one of the Dragon Ball Z Budokai games. You could play like <laughs> you could awesome. spin Master Roshi. Yeah. But like I always appreciated those, and then I found out why they stopped doing those. Uh, somebody owns a patent on loading screen. Really. Games. Yes. And so for most of the games that you wanted to play when you were huh. waiting for your PS2 to load or your Xbox to load or any game with a long loading time, I always wondered as a kid, I was like, why don't they all just do the mini games during the loading screen? And it's because someone owns a patent on it. And they're not allowed to do it. <laughs> they, they can't They can't put like a little game of Breakout in there. They can't put anything like like very... Very small. So that's sort of like what I see micro games as. Yeah. If they're if you're supposed to play them while you're waiting for something or while you know busting it out in public or something like that, it's the it's the game equivalent of Breakout. 
And it's hard to make Breakout or it's hard to make Snake fun yeah. for like 20 minutes. Y- y- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is what this game is. Yeah. You're, you're just not going to be able to drag it out, which yeah. is uh, sadly what the mechanics sort of lend themselves to. Yeah. So I I think I know this this episode's really zipping along here, but how about we see what uh, people online are sort of saying about this game? One of the few games we've reviewed here with absolutely no presence on the review front for Amazon. Uh, I I would like to say on Amazon there are two different versions of it that you can you can buy. There's the Prime version for three thirty nine, and then there is the free shipping version, not Amazon Prime official. That is fourteen ninety eight. So mm-hmm. make sure you get the uh, five left in stock for the three thirty nine if you really want it. Because uh, I would get not, I would not, I would not pump out fifteen dollars for this. <laughs> However, we do, we do have quite a few reviews. I think we have uh, thirty six reviews on Board Game Geek, uh, right. with, with a couple different comments. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people just saying not a lot to offer. Uh, however, it is a small pack, and you know if it's something to do while you're waiting, then that's mm-hmm. pretty much what it is. So, New Killer Star Twenty Seven says definitely feels like an afterthought project, which sort of lends itself to the what you were saying, Garrett, that mm-hmm. maybe this was tied to the Kickstarter itself mm-hmm. uh, as maybe a a reward tier or something along those lines for the uh, for the backers. Goes on to say that the idea of hidden roles and trying to position your card in a way to win is a neat idea, <laughs> which I sort of agreed with. But yep. this game is too random. And specifically, if I was building on this guy's review, I would say it, I'd really take another look at the whole yeah. post-input randomness to uh, and uh, to, to be the cause of that, uh, just that lack of fun there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 3 out of 10 is what it would be. One other review real quick. Um, Kayentai DX, one, I like your name, two. Uh, he just he just writes. He doesn't even leave a score. He just writes board game bento. He got it from the uh, you know the board game boxes with mystery boxes that they, you just pay twenty you know whatever thirty dollars a month and they send you a, a little box of. I don't board understand games. those reviews where people just bring up where they got it. Like, <laughs> got it at a garage sale. It's like a it's got like it a whole garage sale. it's like a whole like subculture on Board Game Geek. <laughs> are they are they trying to like justify their ownership of like a mediocre game or a bad game? And they're just trying to be like, yeah, board game bento. <laughs> hey man, uh, yeah, it's like it's like there's the 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 bullies of board game geek that come around like, oh man, nerd, I noticed you have the Lords of Rock mosh pit in your collection. Why do you have that, huh? Why do you have that? And so they have to <laughs> uh, go to the comment, uh, go to my review. I said that I got it from the bento. Uh, it's not. I didn't get it by choice. It was uh-huh. it was completely mystery to me. So I'm I'm sorry, but you're gonna have to just take that. Uh, bullying attitude and get it out from my <laughs> I, forum. I love the I love that users are so honest. They're just like, this is really going to damage my reputation if I click the <laughs> own and I fill out the fact that I own this game and it's part of my collection. But I have to do it. It's good. What it's am I gonna be? What am I gonna mislead my fellow denizens of board <laughs> game people, geek and all, just, the, all the people that check my collection every day? That's right. What if I have somebody over and they look at my collection and then they go online and then they realize that I'm a liar because I didn't list that I have the uh, Lords of Rock mosh pit game. I'm going to look like a fool. So, uh, you know, then the integrity here is at the highest caliber. Yep. So I, I, I will also say for Kayentai DX, I, I think maybe this game would have been in his wheelhouse. He is uh, a self-described godless liberal who likes that damn rock and roll Godzilla and I dabble in guitar playing. So there you there go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Saddle up with the cards and have a great 15 minutes. 
Actually, more like 25. Well, anyway, <laughs> would you like to go ahead and tell us your personal perspective, your personal review of this game, Gary? Absolutely. Uh, so this, um, as a micro game, kind of fell flat for me uh, by quite a large margin. I, I will say one of the absolute positives of this is uh, production quality. We have some nice cards here. We have some really great art, and I, that comes from the, the Lords of Rock uh, main game. Um, and I would, let's see, I, I want to get the name right here for the artist andora um i'm, I'm, I'm gonna mess up your last name i think it's sidonia andora sidonia uh great art it reminds me it almost reminds me of like um like that early 90s like anime style almost like dbz or um even like i don't know captain planet or something like that it, it, it sort of reminds it, me what's cool. that superhero game that superhero uh board game the let was it multiverse sentinels of the multiverse yeah sort of sort of, almost a little bit yeah, right. yeah, I, I think that's a little more comic-y, and I, I feel like this has more like a Saturday morning cartoon um, kind of vibe to it, so mm. I'm digging it. Um, yeah, but yeah, like 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 we've touched on, just the for a micro game, for a game that's supposed to be quick, like let's get rid of the randomness that that puts cards, that extends the game, right? Let's, you know, if you're going to have take that in your game, you don't want it to be a self-described micro game or, or nano game or whatever. So yeah, you, you need to... If if like think about Munchkin and Munchkin, you you just like endlessly prolong the end of the game. by <laughs> if you're not going to win, nobody can win. Um, you just need to cut that out and either make it all random and just have it a fun little time filler, or make it all strategic and 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 you you know live and die based on that. So um, yeah, other than that, you know, uh, rules were nice. Rules were pretty pretty quick, pretty quick and easy. We didn't have too much questions there. Really, as the whole the experience. Um, Fell flat. I'm gonna go with a two point five. Okay. Uh, for me, I I would say the perfect micro game that we can look at uh, as sort of an archetype of what a micro game can be. Love Letter is good, but Coup is probably my favorite. Yeah. Coup is a micro game that manages to implement fully explored bluffing mechanics that are wonderfully developed. Uh, limited knowledge that you're sort of ba battling over in the game. You have uh, it's it's fairly easy to keep the game moving along because of the the token limit that you have and the automatic assassination thing. I feel like the things that Ku has going for it is you there you have a very clear set of how set idea of how long the game is going to take, mm -hmm. how much time is going to be left. And most games of Coup that I've played and that I've seen played, unless everyone starts arguing, that, that can always slow things down. Sure. Uh, but usually it wraps in 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. I could probably get in. If I was playing this with six people and I was playing Coup with six people, I could probably get in two games of Coup before I could get one game of this through. Mm -hmm. Because everyone's going to be going for those strategy-based cards where it allows a little bit of randomness post the decision post after you've made the output decision. Output random. Yeah, output random. And that's going to ex it's going to extend the length of the game. And apparently I got another game that I'm supposed to play after this one. <laughs> so my, my time is very limited. Uh, bottom line, I don't think it really worked as a micro game. I did like the art. Sort of like you said, I back you up on that. I thought the art was really nice to look at. But the... Uh, but everything else just felt sort of lacking. I was looking, I was wanting, wondering when the game was going to end because they told me it was a micro game. And when it wasn't ending, I was starting to get bored. So I'm going to give this a, uh, 
I'm going to give this a 2.5. 2.5. Uh, 2.5 out of 10. Cool. Uh, let's throw things over to Jeff. Jeff, what's going on? What are you? What are you asleep over there in the corner, bud? What do you? What, have you missed the entire? You missed the entire show. Bud? You don't have any original thoughts? Any opinions on this game? What's going on? You got wait. You guys recording? <laughs> We're rolling, dude. We're going. Jeff, the show's happening right you're, now. You're Why does my review. voice sound like it's it's from a different quality? I don't even know what happened. <laughs> let's let's give him this this whole game in a nutshell. All right, let's get him up to speed. I'm gonna need this game in a 30 second tidbit, and uh, you guys have 28 seconds. So 20 Jeff, 28 seconds, go. Here you go. Ready? You're a rock god. You're here to see a band, and you want to get to the front of the stage. How are you gonna do it? You're gonna flip over cards, and you're gonna finagle yourself to the front. What are your opponents gonna do? They're gonna shuffle those cards up, and you're gonna have no idea where you are. You're gonna have no idea where uh, you need to be, and uh, eventually the game will be over. And it'll be about 25 minutes after it was supposed to be over. Keep in mind, this is also marketed as a micro game. And actually, it's not even a game. It's just supposed to decide that whether you go first in another game in this series. So nothing that you actually did really matters. <laughs> All right. Whose line is it anyways? Correct. The points do not matter. The points do not points matter do not at all, matter. <laughs> All right, Jeffems, can we get ourselves a little bit of a score here for that, huh? Oh, so you guys are doing scoring? Yeah. All right, so... Th- Thematically, uh, all right, I'm a rock god at a at a concert. It's pretty cool. It sounds pretty neat. I don't know why I'm flipping cards. I don't think rock gods would be flipping cards. So no, I'm gonna give. Yeah, that's that's a kind of that's kind of okay. It sounds like the game mechanics weren't that great. Uh, shuffling, you're blocking people from, you know, the the old gotcha. It sounds like a little gotcha there. And it seems like it lasted a little long. They missold us. They did a little bit of a bait and switch, which tends to happen a lot in rolling moves. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else? Did it, any any loopholes? You guys find any loopholes? I don't think we found any loopholes. This no. is this is a straightforward flip them over right. game. I mm-hmm. figured if you guys found loopholes, it wouldn't have taken an extra twenty five minutes than it should have. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and let's see. Uh, remind me again because I wasn't paying attention, aka not here. What was the art like? <laughs> oh man, the art was awesome. Think about uh, your Saturday morning cartoons with like Captain Planet, maybe uh maybe some DBZ in there. You got some you got some sweet artwork going on here. Release date? You guys give me a release date, anybody? You remember we said that earlier. Yeah, 2016. 1990s cartoon quality in 2016. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Uh it's not clearly I I definitely know the score. It sounds like a solid 3.7. 3.7. Beautifully done. Well done. Um, we are going to have to round up to a three just because I, we're gonna, I, I have a feeling we're going to write a review. We'll be a little more positive than we need to be. So we're going to round that up to a three. The Rough Draft Boys average comes out to 2.9, round it up to three. We are just a little bit off the Board Game Geek average. Cut okay. to that. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. You can go back to sleep now. <laughs> All right, Garrett. So uh, w- once again, we went ahead and we typed up a review. Would you like to go ahead and do the honors of our contribution to the board game geek universe. Absolutely. Rough draft games, November, 2019, three out of 10. It's too bad that all mosh pit stereotypes go out to the rock and roll crowd. This game would have worked a lot better with a mellow reggae theme. (laughs) Think about the card combinations. The review is correct. I mean, think of, think of all those wonderful Bob Marley (laughs) puns that you could make with, uh, inside of a mosh pit that, that the possibilities are truly limitless. And, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're not going to quiz me on another reggae band because I, I don't have anything ready. So. There is, the, the, <laughs> the truth is there are no other reggae bands, Garrett. I, I hate to break it to you. That's too bad. Uh, but if you guys would like to tell us about any of the copious amount of reggae bands that are surely floating around out there, you can do so. You can reach out to us at Rough Draft Games on Twitter. And if you want to send me a uh, couple of tickets maybe to Dashboard Confessional Show coming up in a city near me, uh, mm-hmm. Central Texas, please. You gonna uh, get in that pit? You yeah, I'll get, get in that, that pit. pit. I'll throw down for us. I'll wear my skinny jeans. I'll uh, swoosh my hair over. And, uh, you know, I'll do some hardcore dancing for for you. And I'd be happy to record it. But you got to send those tickets to me, uh, ATTN Garrett, and send that to roughdraftgames at gmail.com. Get that email in. Or if you have any questions about the company, about the podcast, send those questions on over. Yeah. And if you would like to check out any of the other content that we're producing on roughdraftgames.com, you can check out our thematics to hear about uh, hear about how the best ways to enjoy your favorite board games, or you can hear other episodes of Roll and Move. And lastly, and more importantly, you can hear all about the details and the uh, all the updates that we have for our known game that we're currently developing, All Rise, which is going to be hitting Kickstarter a little bit later this year. And lastly, it would be so remiss if we did not go ahead and thank all of you who have gone ahead and rated us five stars on iTunes. We thank you guys so much for helping uh, helping spread the word because that's exactly what that does. It allows us to sort of expand our little uh, our little project that we're go- we're doing here and reach out to other people who haven't heard about us or other people who are really into board games and expand the rough draft universe and to hopefully get a get our little community growing here and we'll all be we'll all be one big happy family you know and maybe we can go hang out one big happy family mosh pit hey uh tom i, I know i can hear i you, you hear that music daniel's actually here playing the rough draft games theme song and i i, I am the only one here but i, I do want to go get a good seat for that so i, I gotta run so okay uh, go steal go. a set list go get it bye bye <laughs>